Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Journey Up, an entrepreneur's guide. I'm your host, Bryce, and this is my co-host, Brylan. Uh, we are real estate agents in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, owners of Anabasis Realty LLC, as well as partners in Anabasis Real Estate Investment Trust. We focus on single family, multifamily, and commercial sales, as well as acquiring some properties ourselves within our fund and managing those for our partners in-house. So that's a little bit about us. Thanks for tuning in for another episode. We have an uh, amazing guest coming on the podcast today that I'm super excited to have, uh, Bruce Breedlove. So thanks so much for being on the show today, brother. Man, what a privilege. The studio is awesome. I'm excited to be here. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, we've put some uh, some thought into everything. So, you know, tried to design it well. But um, obviously, you know, I wanted to hear a little bit more about Align uh, just from you directly kind of, you know, when did you start Align? How did it even come about? Because I know a lot of people talk about in their entrepreneurial journey, they're like, I wasn't even planning on doing this. It just kind of fell into my lap. So would like to just get an introduction to your company, how it came about and, um, you know, what you guys do. Yeah. So this is really deeply rooted in my story. So I know we're going to get into that. So I'll leave that for, for when we do, but you know, we started Align Money Mastery as a product of just me being out in the world, having learned how to manage money, mm. uh, um, expertly and realizing like no one knows this stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so to your point, you know, Align has been through a couple iterations. It started as uh, Your Money Matters. <laughs> Back for, for anyone that's been following me since then, uh, shout out to you. Uh, making stupid videos on my phone about yeah. random things I was thinking. It was horrible. You, I look back now. Like, cause like I, Grant Cardone, like selfie videos. Yes, yes. <laughs> Funny enough, I got a shout out from Grant Cardone. Did who you? saw my, my Your Money Matters stuff. And he, no he, he called me out. Like, I have the video still. I just got this influx of messages saying like, oh my gosh, Grant Cardone just shouted you out. I'm like, what? It was a random Thursday night. Yeah. And he was on live and he was picking some people who had caught his attention. He mm. took his phone and did this. And my, my channel was up there and he was going through some of the stuff. Crazy. Just so random. He shouted you out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. With, with no, you know, there was no, I didn't pay for that. It was just right. organic. And you got, uh, I'm sure just a ton. I of... did, but then I, I stopped producing content because oh, I got, okay. so the, the model was completely broken, but yeah, we can go towards that. So um, your money matters was the start. Mm -hmm. Then I revitalized it as iFire Finance. And, and so I was attempting at that point to build a website, start putting blog content out there and just drive revenue and then uh, drive traffic and then monetize that traffic, doing yeah. ads and stuff. So that fell off quick because it just wasn't conducive. It, my passion is teaching people, right? Uh -huh. So I don't want to be stuck behind a computer writing articles. And this is before ChatGPT, so I had to actually write them. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then so then iFire Finance got put to the side and then now it's reborn again as Align Money Mastery. And, and really it... The, I've been coaching people on personal finance for almost 10 years now. And again, it's just a product of me understanding mm -hmm. how money works and then wanting to teach other people about it because I realized no one knows this stuff. Okay. Yeah. So Align Money Mastery is really about the alignment of your dollars and where they go and your personal goals. Okay? Mm -hmm. It's about being in alignment with yourself and your actions and your goals, and but mm -hmm. also in the relationship. Like As we know, money is a very uh, high up reason of why relationships, marriages don't work, right? Mm -hmm. So we are about alignment with one another, husband, wife, whatever your union is with money and, and couples as, as, as disordered as our, uh, our relationship with money is with ourselves, it's worse with couples. For and sure, if you yeah. can't talk about it, it will always be a pervasive issue in your relationship. So we focus on that too. So the align word means many things. Yeah. So it really started because we were approached by a good friend last year who said like, hey, I see what you're doing. Teach us. Yeah. And so I sent him a quick email. Shout out to Clay. I know you're watching this, buddy. Um, <laughs> 
I sent him a quick email saying, hey, we could do this, 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 this for you. Here's how much it would cost. And he's like, boom, I'm in. I'm like, yeah. whoa, like people will actually, actually pay for this pay advice. For that, yeah. And I just, for the for the you know nine years leading up to that, I just wanted to help people, right? In my right. free time, I would meet people at Starbucks and I would write them out a budget and all this. I'd spend three, four hours with them and then mm-hmm. they'd go and not do it. <laughs> yeah. Because the moment I say, hey, you actually got to sell your car, they're like, I'm out. Yeah. You know, uh, but, but so when people are paying for advice, they value it a little bit more. Right. Mm, for sure. So I, so we quit, I quickly, you know, built content, built a website so that we could actually legitimize this thing. Mm. And since then we've helped 13 families, either single people or couples mm. pay off 130,000 plus in debt, invest over a hundred grand. They've saved, I don't, I can't remember the number, but something like 25, 26 grand in interest just in one year. Um, buy two houses, fund emergency funds, uh, fund HSAs for kids and uh, 529s for kids. Mm-hmm. Like the, the impact we've been able to have quickly is astonishing. And this is just a product of, again, me understanding how money works and wanting to teach other people how to do it. And then Clay being the, the catalyst to be like, legitimize this. Yeah, so exactly. that's where we are today. Um, we have a couple entry points. Um, number one is our three-month mastery class. Uh-huh. And I know it sounds like a lot. I say three months and people are like, oh. But it's a five-hour-per-month commitment. Mm. The way it works is you join. It's $750 as of uh, January 12th of 2024, <laughs> subject to change. <laughs> and really, you come in, and it's it's two live classes a month, okay. and it's two accountability sessions a month. So one hour every week for three months. Are those accountability sessions over Zoom? Over Zoom. Are they in, we have okay. people all over the country doing this. So it's all on Zoom. You do not have to be in person for it. So okay. great, great point. But they're one-on-one. So mm-hmm. you're not having accountability with the rest of the group, right? Yeah. There's group classes, so you can learn from other people's questions. Those are on Zoom. Those are recorded. In case you miss, you can watch it later. You always have access to it. And then we have one-on-one accountability sessions that are either you know reinforcing what was taught in the class, teaching you how to budget, budgeting with you. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a tool called Monarch Money that we use that helps people track their money, and we budget with them with that. And then we teach you how to manage money, how to pay off debt, how to invest, how to maximize your credit, how to invest in real estate, all in that three-month period. Mm-hmm. So the goal is to come in wherever you are and exit understanding how to, to manage money for the rest of your life. Yeah. Okay. That's one. Two, we have what's called like passive income. We call it Align Elite, and this is brand new. Mm. We teach people how to build passive income. Um, this is really geared for people who have already taken our Align Money Mastery class so to like know how to manage tier. money. It's a higher tier. We, we want to welcome anyone to it. Right. Yeah. But really, I think it's best if you come to this once you've already. Understanding the fundamentals. How to manage money, yeah. right? I don't really want to teach you to invest and take on some risk if you're still dealing with some high interest debt. Yeah, I right. don't think that's the best situation. Exactly. So really for that, it's it's 10% of passive income per month. So mm-hmm. we don't make money unless you make money, period. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then for, for those who just want some help here and there, we have a monthly coaching subscription, 100 bucks a month. You get two mm-hmm. one-hour calls with us a month mm-hmm. to talk about whatever. So mm-hmm. right now, that's what we offer to people to help them win with money. Okay. Wow. Very interesting. So yeah. on the on the passive income side, yeah. uh, what are some of the typical avenues that you're, you know, advising people to go into? Because obviously there's more than one. It's not just real estate. Right. Um, so we, we and we, we will talk about this, but we, we build a lot of our wealth in real estate. Um, mm-hmm. I house hacked my way through five houses in a matter of two and a half years. And that's that changed my life. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, yeah. and it's amazing how much you can do in a short period of time when you just go and kill it. Right. Awesome. Um, but, but passive income is very easy to build. I mean, there's, you know, you operate a real estate investment trust. REITs are one of the best ways to do it, right? Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. Real estate investment trusts have to pay out 90% of what they make to their shareholders, right? Not a lot of people know that. Right. Mm-hmm. So they are, th- their business model is built to make their shareholders money, right? So, uh, 
real estate investment trusts, you can, but the, and the barrier to entry is very low. You can mm-hmm. start investing in real estate with a hundred bucks. Exactly. Right. You've had people on your show. If you, uh, you know, get on Instagram, TikTok, whatever, scroll on the toilet, there's mm. people saying, oh, I bought a hundred rentals and blah, blah, Like the normal person's not going to do that. No, right? of course So not. the normal person, when they hear that, they think I'm not ever going to be a real estate investor. Mm. And so that's, that's a misconception that you can easily debunk by investing in real estate investment trusts, right? Correct. Mm. There's companies called business development companies, and their role is to just essentially raise money from shareholders, invest in middle tier companies that don't have access to like venture capital money. Mm -hmm. And they can charge higher interest rates because they're, they're not venture capital, right? Mm -hmm. So they're middle tier companies and these, these fund managers will, will vet the company. They'll make sure that they're safe. They'll lend the money and then you make revenue off of those middle tier companies paying you interest and they pay out just like real estate investment trusts do. And there's other funds that pay, I don't want to give away the whole, thing here. But, yeah. Uh, you know, there's other companies that do the same thing that, uh-huh. that trade, trade options and, and, and put out um, money. People who are way smarter than me at managing stocks and buying and selling and doing mm. options. And I just get to give them money and they give it back. Exactly. And if you invest today, you will get paid monthly forever starting now. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard to build passive. And we just teach people how to do it. That's it. That's awesome. I kind of want to take you back a little bit because how did you like get such a like keen understanding of everything or was there like some type of like situation growing up or that that kind of you know made you want to kind of grab this by the horns and, and teach other people or why well, I think that's going to take us right into his <laughs> anabasis yeah. so let's definitely I, I agree with you let's start at the beginning let's start at the beginning by the way the anabasis thing that that is like the, the journey up to mm-hmm. me is such a key part of my story and the fact mm-hmm. that you named your company after that mm-hmm. I love that that Thank is you. Fr- when I heard that on a video I'm like that is so freaking awesome and the fact I love Greek mythology too and, Greek yeah. Mythology. Yeah. and the fact that it's rooted in that it's double love for me so anyway so th- it really it's it's rooted in my my history right mm-hmm. so yeah, unfortunately sure. you know I was I was I was born into this world with the odds stacked against me yeah right mm-hmm. so I was born into a family unfortunately that suffered with drug alcohol abuse issues and and really my parents struggled to take care of themselves let alone me so mm-hmm. I grew up at a very young age I remember you know 12 13 years old getting my brother who was two years younger than me up get him breakfast get him make him some tea get him on, yeah. the, on the bus right? right and then I would do the same for myself so I had to grow up at a very young age yeah mm-hmm. so that was you know 12 13 fast forward I moved out on my own I was 17 I had 600 bucks to my name I was still in high school I had just bought a car secretly that was falling apart so and I was renting an apartment uh, at it was 17. A, at 17, yeah, I was yeah. I was completely on my own. I had no help. I was by myself. Yeah. And I, 600 bucks in your pocket. What was rent back then? Well, I, so I couldn't afford rent. So, yeah. so actually, a, a girl I was dating, her sister had offered me this attic apartment in their house. They had a like three or four level house, mm-hmm. and she's like, "You can stay up there for free as long as you clean it up." So I went to the dollar store, bought like you know five, ten bucks worth of cleaning stuff, mm-hmm. cleaned you know dusted everything, cleaned everything, borrowed furniture from people, piecemealed some stuff together. I had a water bed. That mm. I borrowed from someone. Oh yeah. my gosh. So, <laughs> so you know, imagine if that thing popped. <laughs> well, I overfilled out. Yeah, I'm getting to that. <laughs> so, the, I, so your question was, where did this start? Right. This yeah. is where it started. The first night I spent in that attic apartment. Okay. I was laying on that water bed. I overfilled it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, if you've ever tried to sleep on a water balloon, that's what. So I was, I was sitting like this, you know, yeah. all bent back, you know, uncomfortable. And the attic had these these wooden slats on the ceiling. And you know, imagine I was 17. Uh-huh. I had next to no money. My car's falling apart. When I, when everything was quiet, it was dark. I was just looking at those slats in the ceiling. I was so anxious. I was so worried. And I was thinking like, this is literally the crossroads. This is Mm -hmm. where my life splits off into one or two directions. Right. I have every excuse, every reason to end up like the people that came before me. I have every excuse to do that. No one would fault me for that. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
I didn't want to be like that though. So I chose then to do everything I could possibly do to be successful. And I knew just from being alive in this world that it was grounded in understanding how to manage money okay, and make it work for me. Mm-hmm. So when I was 17, still in high school, in that attic, I was analyzing like the intricacies of that wood. Like I still remember it. Just, I was so anxious. And I was just thinking like, this will determine the course of the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So right then I started, there's so much free information out there. I mean, this is, this is 2007, 2008. We had the internet. So mm-hmm. I was watching YouTube videos. I was Googling like how to invest, how to make money. I was working at Dairy Queen for 850, mm-hmm. you know, an hour, still in high school, you know, um, and luckily I, I, I'm, you know, academics has come easily to me. I got a full ride scholarship to the University of Akron in Ohio where I went to school. I became a nurse. And so as I um, got into college, got through college, I was only making eight fifty nine fifty at Dairy Queen. I worked mm-hmm. at Dairy Queen for seven years all during my school. And I, but I started a Roth IRA and actually started investing at 18. Uh-huh. So because I realized like, okay, you can invest in it. You, you can avoid taxes and this and that. So I started doing that then. I opened my first Roth IRA at 18 as soon as I could do it legally. Right. You so, found a Roth IRA from YouTube or yeah. where were you getting? Yeah. This? So yeah. that was where and, your and basic just, entry level knowledge was coming. Yeah, from. and it just, just so happened. Research, the know? YouTube video was made by someone who worked for Primerica, which so okay. what you know about Primerica. I have <laughs> yeah. my own opinions now, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I opened up a Roth IRA with Primerica, and <laughs> it was a five percent front loaded fund, which is horrible. Yeah. So every hundred bucks I put in there, ninety five dollars would only show up in the account. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so bad. It's so bad. But I still started. Right. Yeah. I started yeah. started investing. Started seeing that I was making money every day while I was in school, while mm. I was doing my classes. And it was, I didn't have to go into Dairy Queen and make 850. I made a hundred bucks today because the market went up. Oh my God. Like that yeah. was life changing for me. Mm-hmm. And it started at 18. Mm-hmm. Okay. So fast forward, I became a nurse. Um, I started working in Ohio uh, as a uh, heart failure, renal failure nurse. And so then I started making money. I remember mm-hmm. my first paycheck was 1200 bucks. I'm like, oh my God, this yeah. is so much money. Because I was used to living off of six, eight hundred bucks a month yeah. for the last seven years. I just had double that in a week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Was that like your first career path mm-hmm. that you wanted to go yeah. into? That was your first love was, I, was I, medical field. I did it because of job security. I made a, mm-hmm. a, a a safe decision to be like, I can become a nurse. It takes me four years. I'm skilled at math and science. Mm-hmm. I can get a job that anywhere. I always mm-hmm. wanted to leave Ohio. That's how I ended up in Jacksonville. Yeah, but I'm like, I can get this degree, and it will give me immediate security and income wherever I go. Okay. It was a safety play. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm lucky that I was good at it and I love doing it. I was a floor nurse for 10 years. Okay. Just over 10 years. Yeah. So from 2011 to 2021. So yeah, it, it was my first entry. And then I started making money. I never made more than 75, 80 grand as a nurse. So mm-hmm. I worked as a nurse bedside for 10 years. And, you know, I maxed out at like 80, 84 grand my last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I never made a ton of money, but mm-hmm. I just started investing early. Right. Yeah. So obviously w- being a nurse, I had access to a 401k. I learned about the funds inside the 401k, which ones are expensive, which ones perform, which ones don't. And I just, again, taught myself. Yeah. And so what I realized in my early 20s is like, oh, my God. I, like, I'm starting, I talk about this, like, hey, what, what did you guys pick in the 401k? It just, you know, comes up in conversation. Mm-hmm. And these people that I worked with had no idea. Like yeah. none. And these pe- some of these people had been uh, nurses for 15, 20, 25 years. Yeah. And they have no idea. You know, they're spending their time. You know, nursing is hard on your body, hard on your mind. And, you know, so I wanted to build wealth as soon as I possibly could to get out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so nursing was always a means to an end to me. And if you don't know, nurses only work three days a week. So yeah. I was three 12-hour shifts a week. 
So I would work from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. So I had a lot of free time. You have a lot of free time. So I had a lot of time to start businesses. I've always been entrepreneurial mindset. I can tell you one time. Um, if you're analyzing the wood in the ceiling, <laughs> you're definitely an entrepreneur. <laughs> so, I, I, so because I, the reason I was doing that is because I was just so anxious that like, yeah. you know, I was, I, I was just so hyper aware at that point. I just remember being fixated on these mm -hmm. things. It was like my mind was just a buzz with anxiety. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that is such a pivotal time to me. And I always go back to that. Right. It was just a way of like calming my mind to be focused on something else. Yeah. Um, your turning point. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Oh, th that was a clear fork in the road uh -huh. where I could have chosen one of two, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, directions. And uh, again, no one would have faulted me for going the, the right. victim route. Yeah, no. And I think that's so cool too, to hear stories like that. Cause you like, I even remember there were times growing up for me, like there were times where I felt like I was victimizing myself. And then mm -hmm. I remember too, I have situations where I was like, you know, it stops here, mm -hmm. you know, and then, and then, you know, odds were stacked against you. You know, you could have been another statistic, but you're not. And that's just, that just, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's a, that's part of the science of self-talk though, is exactly. to be able to, you know, talk to yourself and tell yourself, and hey, I, I can make the decision to go down this path or I can make the decision to go down this path. And if you make that conscious decision and tell yourself, hey, I'm going to make the right decision no matter what it takes. I'm going to push myself to the edge to see how far I can really go. How successful can I really be? That's that's the difference. It's the mindset. Yeah. And, and really, um, I one of my messages that I always bring in speeches or talks is, is the difference between victimhood and mm -hmm. hardship. Mm -hmm. Hardship happens to everyone. I could walk out of here when we're done filming and trip on the, the curb and break my leg. Right. Yeah. Okay. But if I allow the, me breaking my leg to be the reason I don't show up to work, I lose my job, I don't succeed, that's victim. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. Hardship happens to everyone. The world is random and chaotic at times. So if, if you allow those things that happen to you inevitably to be the reason you fail, it's your fault. Yeah, for sure. That's victimhood. Hardship happens to everyone. Victimhood is a choice. Mm -hmm. okay? Exactly. So that's a key message that I have. And, and as someone who grew up with the cards stacked against me, I have very little um, uh, ability to deal with victimhood I when I'm talking yeah. to people, right? So I, I am a living proof that you don't have to be a product of the way you grew up. Mm -hmm. So. So back to what you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> Your entrepreneur mindset, you're yeah. working three days a week. Yep. You've got all this free time. What was the first like entrepreneurial idea or company that you had gone with? Yeah. So free time? Um, I was working with a nurse who was getting married okay. and she told me and my friend Brad um, that she was paying three grand for her wedding pictures. And I'm like, three grand? What? And so I turned to Brad, and he was already a photographer. I'm like, okay, if I buy a camera, you want to start a, a wedding photography business with me? He's like, yeah. So yeah. I bought a DSLR, Sony, whatever, and we started. We, we, we created black tie photography with the most crude logo. This was back when Flickr was a thing, and you could like oh, yeah, pictures on Flickr. Yeah. We had a Flickr, so we put all these artsy photos up mm. to like get, get customers, and we did like three or four or five weddings of people we worked with and mm. just – charged half of what other wedding photographers because we were nurses like whatever yeah. we make it's just our time yeah. it's worth it so that was the first thing and you know mad props to photographers because a wedding day is 12 13 hours long mm -hmm. and that's just the shooting the editing i mean it takes time so yeah. we, you know once i left ohio that obviously disbanded but we made enough money to pay for my camera and then some fun money you know yeah. what i mean did y'all have like a photography background though or y'all kind he of did. Oh, Brad he, did. Oh, he did i okay. was the guy that did sort of the marketing the, the outreach i got customers and yeah. then we both, like, I did video and he did photography. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. um, and then so I, I knew how to use Final Cut Pro and edit video. I just figured yeah. it out, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, your, your question was, what was the first entrepreneurial thing? That was really it. That, was that actually made money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, that. Well, I mean, if anybody 
tells you that they're an entrepreneur and they've never had a failure or some type of business idea that didn't work out, they're either lying to you or they haven't been doing it long enough. Yep, hundred <laughs> yep, percent. You're so right. Yeah. I used to make so. duct tape wallets in middle school. <laughs> I made like, you were I, that guy. I, yeah. I, made, I, made like, I made like 200 bucks and then the principal was like, Hey, you know, you got to cut this out. You can't be you know making money That's off so your funny. peers. And I was like, Oh, Hey, you know, I made my $200 and I was out. So yeah, that principal's not an entrepreneur. <laughs> no, capitalist, no, I'll no, tell you that. No, exactly. <laughs> That's funny. So how did that progress? I know you said you ended up winding up, that business after a while had some fun money. What, what was the next step? Yeah. So after that, um, ended up getting married, I moved to Florida, um, and then really just focused on, um, traveling, having fun and working as a nurse. Uh, you know, my wife at the time, we were no longer married. Um, she was really focused on just enjoying the current time, having fun, you know, going out mm-hmm. and, and, she taught me a lot of spontaneity, which was key for me because I grew yeah. up so like scarce and, and white knuckled everything. So she taught me some spontaneity yeah. and to really enjoy life, which I will always appreciate. Mm-hmm. We didn't end up working out because I'm so future oriented. Yeah. I'm uh-huh. always like next thing, next thing, next thing. And, and, and almost to a fault, right? I want to say that there was a time in my life that I didn't enjoy the now. I'm, I was too focused on the future. Mm-hmm. She helped give me that balance, but ultimately our visions didn't line up and we got divorced. So was single for a while, had fun. At that point, this is 2019, my mm. ex-business partner approached me and said, hey, successful real estate agent in Jacksonville, said, hey, we want to start a real estate brokerage. Mm. Like, okay. okay. And they're like, we need you. Okay. So Momentum Realty was born. Mm. I started Momentum Realty with my ex-business partners. I've, I've seen Momentum around for sure. So what you see with Momentum is the branding that I came up with, right? Awesome. I, I sketched that M, that with M a, logo? on a yeah. napkin and sent it to my friend Josh who made it a reality, right? So that was my biggest, most successful venture into entrepreneurship mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. Right? So w- why they needed me is they knew how to sell houses. Uh-huh. Um, I knew how to market and recruit. So mm-hmm. in my free time as a nurse, I, I had my schedule. I mean, I'm telling you, d- from 2019 to 2021, I, every 15 minute period in my calendar was blocked with things. I was, and, and during this You're time, busy I, man. I found out how much I could do. Yeah. It's, a, it's amazing what you can do when you focus on using your time in, intentionally, right? Mm-hmm. Intentionality is a big theme in a line in my life. And so from 2019 to 2021, I was working as a nurse three nights a week. And then basically all the rest of the time was spent marketing, momentum, creating content, and recruiting agents. I got to the point where I, you know, I was bringing in seven to ten agents a month. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so I'm like, that's where I started to get my sales chops, so to speak. Uh-huh. So I realized like, hey, I have a product. I can help solve people's problems with it. And I got good at, at conveying that message. Mm-hmm. So from there, I'm no longer affiliated with them. But I, I also got my entry into the real estate world. So yeah. I, I started realizing, and this is 2019, 2020. We all remember what happened then. Mm-hmm. I realized like, hey, there's a lightning and a bottle opportunity for real estate investing here. I was mm-hmm. single. I had the money. And I started house hacking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I bought my first house hack in July of 2020. Mm-hmm. And then every six months after that, I bought a house moved into it, bought a house, moved into it, bought a house, moved into it. Were you using FHA? Were you using conventional? conventional? 5% down. 5% down conventional. My, my product at the time, this, this dates us because again, we're in 2020 house prices have gone up significantly since Mm -hmm. then. I was buying a house that was three bedroom, two bath in a good neighborhood between 230 and 280. Okay. So I knew I could get into the house with 5% down for about 20 grand. Uh Okay. And I, I wanted $600 a door to be my net. Okay. Uh So I started doing some math. I was making 1900 bucks a pay as a nurse. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, that's like what, 3,800 bucks. So 
my goal at the time was to house hack through 11 houses. Uh-huh. And, you know, little did I know interest rates would go up, housing prices would go up, and mathematically mm-hmm. it wouldn't make sense anymore. So I stopped at, at, at f- after five. Whenever you were doing these houses, were, uh-huh. when you were house hacking and increasing and getting more houses, mm-hmm. were you continuing to rent each property per bedroom? Or no. whenever you move to the next one, you would then do just a single long-term lease? So when, I, when you house hack a single-family home that's not a duplex, I just lived there by myself. I didn't rent out the rooms. I lived mm-hmm. there by myself. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I lived there for six months in a day, so I would establish permanent residence, mm-hmm. and then I would go buy another one. Okay. So I would, I would only rent it out once I left. Okay. So gotcha. I owned, I bought my first house in 2017, mm-hmm. kept that, and then bought my second one, made the first one a rental, mm-hmm. and then repeat, 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 repeat. So between July of 2020 and February of 2022, we ended up with five house hacked properties. Okay. Okay. Which from 2020 to 2022, equity exploded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for sure. you know. One of the key messages is again, like I've said a couple times, if you just focus on um, achieving and um, what's the word, um, massive action. You just hmm. you focus and you have massive action quickly. You can cut that out. You focus and you have ma- massive action quickly. You can really change your life rapidly. Right? Yeah, so sure. I mean, I'm living proof that I went from my net worth was somewhere around three hundred thousand dollars in 2019. We're about to hit two million this month. Nice. Okay. In five years. In, in five years. And yeah, the majority of awesome. that was 2020 to 2022. Really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, we realized, we, we bought our last uh, last house hack in February of 22. We realized interest rates were coming up. Mm. Housing prices were staying the same. House hacking doesn't make sense anymore. So we quickly yeah. bought our quote unquote forever home in Julington Creek mm-hmm. and now have five rentals and our sixth house is our primary residence. Nice. Okay. Gotcha. So... Uh, Question on your future of real estate investing. Yeah. I know that you continue to be involved in the real estate world to some degree. Mm-hmm. Are you still actively investing or are you kind of taking a back burner with your, your five rentals in your pocket? So, you know, I, I mentioned those people that you see on TikTok and Instagram reels. They say, oh, I have 100 rentals. You don't have to do that to change mm-hmm. your life. No. Like I bought systematically five homes that changed my life and built wealth forever. Mm-hmm. So... I don't, we don't need more mm-hmm. right now for me, for us to buy another house, by the way, we're not going to move into it. Cause I'm married again, mm-hmm. you know, again now. And yeah. like, we don't want to move again. Yeah. Screw that. Cause I, I moved so it. many times. So, so house hacking isn't viable anymore for us from a lifestyle standpoint. I agree. So that, that, that juice isn't worth a squeeze for us. So mm-hmm. for us to, to buy an investment property and maybe net one or 200 bucks a month with the risk, it's just not worth it. Yeah. Especially when you can invest in real estate investment trust, not have to manage anything and I mean, we're netting fourteen point four percent yearly on one of them. That's, yeah, that's pretty much what a lot of those REITs spit mm-hmm. out is 10, 12, 14 mm-hmm. percent mm-hmm. dividends. So why would I incur more risk mm-hmm. and put the rest of the portfolio at risk to mm-hmm. to make less money? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, doesn't I agree. Sense. So no, to answer your question, we are not actively investing in real estate outside of REITs and outside other securities. Of REITs. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm, you're still invested in real estate. Yeah. It's just. Somebody else is actively managing those properties, which actually is great. That's so much less headache off mm-hmm. of you because a lot of people don't realize even if you hire a property management company to manage that property for you with your tenants, you still have to work it. Mm-hmm. You still have to work with the property manager. You still have to, you know, take care of the property and, and, and do things. It, there really is no like 100% hands off landlording. I mean, it, it just doesn't exist. And in my opinion, using a property manager creates a subpar product for mm. renters. I like when I started this, I wanted to be the best landlord ever. Mm. And I'm accessible. You can always text me. Like just a couple of days ago, a tenant 
give us the dreaded text. Oh no, the shower's backing up. I'm like, mm. Right. Yeah. We got a, a plumber out there immediately within 24 hours of six. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, so had I used a property manager and by the way, paid them 10% of rent, mm-hmm. the product would have not been the same. Exactly. We have angry renters. And, and so it's just not worth it. Mm. And that's another thing. Am I going to scale beyond five? So I have to spend more time and manage more mm-hmm. increasing risk, but also taking more of my time for less money. It just all it around does sense. not make sense. Yeah. So using real estate as your sole path to building wealth, in my opinion, isn't the best. Yeah. And, and we actually talk about that a lot. Uh, you know, we, we really talk about portfolio theory yeah. is really just to have what we say is, you know, it's better to have a small piece of a well-baked pie than have a hundred percent of nothing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you, like you said, are invested into REITs, which are well-baked pies, and you just have a small percentage of that, or other pieces, whether it's, you know, natural gas and oil stocks, or you have, um, you know, consumer index stocks and things like that. You want to be well diversified so that you have a little piece of everything, and if one sector kind of shuts down and goes into the the tanker, Mm -hmm. you're still okay in all of your other products. So that's definitely something that we talk about. We're not just 100% real estate in our personal investments. Yeah. Um, obviously, in our assets, we are 100% real estate, but um, I think that's very interesting that you point that out. Yep. Um, so on your on your journey, uh, you you know talked about everything uh, leading up and then ended up leaving momentum. Mm-hmm. What, what was the point um, in which you started the coaching? Um, I know you said that it was through your buddy Clay. Mm-hmm. Um, was that in 2021? So we actually started officially at the beginning of 2022. 2022. So, so uh, uh, what well, last year was 2023. So we started at the beginning of 2023. So oh, we, okay. we achieved a lot of results very quickly with, yeah. with our uh, with our students. And again, I had been informally coaching people for what, eight, nine, almost 10 years now. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, I would sit at work and we'd be on night shift and they people would pull up their 401k and tell me like, okay, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And so, so I've been doing that for a long time, just trying to help people. Yeah. And, and really honing my skills of how to coach people in general, but specifically on personal finance, because it is so personal and emotional. Mm-hmm. It was, I've, I've honed that craft over the last eight to 10 years that I've been doing this, yeah. but officially Align was officially born and we started having revenue in, I think February or March of 2023. So it's only okay. been under a year yeah, like that we've helped like all a, these like people. 11 months. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's awesome that yep. you've seen so much success so quickly. Um, Hats off to you. That's that's incredible. And we're at the point where, because we still have full-time jobs. Like, I yeah. left bedside nursing. I'm a pharmaceutical sales rep full-time. Like, what that's is, my What job. does Clay do? Clay, Clay Manley is actually a um, a copyright. Um, he's a copywriter. Well, oh, very really? well-known copywriter. He's a, he's our close friend. He actually went to went to college with my wife at IU. And he he's, he was the catalyst because he reached out and said, hey, I like what you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. Teach me how to do it. And I'm, that's that's where the course was born was right. his mm-hmm. his push to want to learn and then be willing to pay. Right. Yeah. But so he's not involved in the company, but I give him credit for being the one, the thing that was the catalyst to get us started. Yeah. So it's my, my wife and I run it. Mm-hmm. And so we are complimentary because I'm very analytical. I, I'm very numbers oriented to the point. But I'm good at coaching and pushing someone one step further than they think they need to be at the moment mm-hmm. and, and helping them see the vision where she what she brings is, you know, she was a well-developed female with a great career. She's in pharma sales, too, mm-hmm. before she knew me. Is that why you switched over? Um, it, part of it. I saw I, she she definitely helped make the uh, transition. The, the, exactly. So I've watched her do this job since I've known her. And uh-huh. so it definitely eased the transition into it um, for sure. And so what she brings is I was already managing money. I had been budgeting and managing money since 18. Right. Mm-hmm. This way. And I, I've used the same process now that I did 
when I when I was making six hundred bucks a month yeah. at Dairy Queen. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's it's honestly true, and there's just more zeros at the end. Yeah, exactly. So she she has the experience of being able to come in and, and sort of join the journey and mm. and understand the emotional um, path from I'm an independent person and I don't mm. do this to here's our system and here's how to follow it. So she she's really good at coaching couples through communicating about money, and she brings the more emotional like. It's, consultative side yeah. to it. So I'm very analytical systems based. She brings the relationship portion into it. So us together, mm-hmm. we can take a couple who cannot speak about money yeah. have been married for 20, 30 years mm-hmm. to com- being completely cohesive and aligned in their goals and where every dollar goes. Yeah. So it's like, you're almost like therapist too. Oh, it like, becomes, uh, <laughs> do people cry on one of our first calls yeah. all the time? Oh, Absolutely. All the time. Yeah. I mean, fi- finance yeah. and real estate is a, a lot more therapy than people realize. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to hold people's hands through a lot of transactions. You get really so. close to people too. I was actually just telling someone that the other day is like, I've like, you like learn like their whole story. And mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm working with a guy right now, you know, I, I know his whole backstory between him and his wife now. And it's like some things I probably shouldn't know, but they just kind of just word vomit on you. Once you have their trust and once they believe it, first of all, you have to be valid, right? There's yeah. plenty of people out there selling courses. Yeah. Like yeah, there's exactly. no shortage of those, which is why I lead with my story because it builds the validity of like, listen, I did this and all I'm doing is teaching you how to do exactly what I did and continue to do. Mm-hmm. Just come along on the journey. Right. It's not magic. It's not sexy. Sometimes it's tough. You mm-hmm. have to make decisions of, I want to do this thing now, but we can't because we have to pay off debt. Right. Yeah. If sure. you, so what we, what we have people do is we call these things money goals. It's not proprietary, not trademarked. We call them money goals. Mm-hmm. We say that you should only work on one singular money goal at a time. Mm-hmm. So we have people prioritize what are your top three money goals? And we have a system, right? If you're someone who has a couple grand in the, in the bank, has mm-hmm. some credit card debt, has a little car debt, whatever, we have a system that is really based on Dave Ramsey's baby steps, one through mm-hmm. three. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with those. Yeah. After baby step three, actually, there's a lot wrong with it. But one, two, and three, one is a $1,000 emergency. Two is pay off all consumer debt. And three is have three, six months of expenses in a high yield savings. Yeah, We walk people through that. We help them prioritize their dollars. And beyond that, it depends on what their goals are. Mm-hmm. So if, if I'm talking to a 20-year-old who wants to retire at 30, financial independence is their fourth money goal after they've completed one through three. Right. right. So we teach them how to quickly build passive income, calculate their financial independence number and put them on a path that's customized to them to get there when they want to. Now, do you have like any, um, like, has there ever been like a client that came to you maybe in the past where you like kind of looked into their file and you're like, man, I have no idea if this person's going to make it out. And then by the grace of God, they got through, like, what was that kind of like? And how did that, um, you know, kind of transpire? Yeah. So, um, a couple of people come to mind, but, but specifically one who, who grew up in a family that, um, she was taught to be skeptical about people and their advice. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so she came in sort of timid. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I, you know, I gave her some big goals, like move all this money here, open this account, do this, open mm-hmm. up a credit card. And she's like, well, 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 I thought credit cards weren't good. And so she was very apprehensive on the front end. Mm-hmm. Right. But, it, and, but we had a couple weeks later, we had a, what we called an unaligned happy hour where yeah. pass a line. Uh, students came in and talked about their journey through our class yeah. to the new students. Yeah, And she asked a question in that, and this was a couple of weeks in, she's like, you know what I'm learning is that I need to stop taking advice from broke people. And I need to start learning from people who um, have actually done it. Yeah, And so, and knowing her background and knowing her relationships with her family for, to see that, that change from when we first met to then I'm like, she's ready to go. Yeah. Like yeah. She is, she's plugged in, she's ready to go. And, and, from then on, she was laser focused and did exactly what we asked her to do and turned her life around quickly. Bought a house, ha- has a kid. I don't know if it's been born yet, but mm-hmm. I mean, 
just the trajectory yeah. so quickly changed because she was bought in and, and got over that mental hump from everything she had learned in the past mm-hmm. to trusting us and, and following the, yeah. the plan. It's, it is so easy to like grow up in like a, you know, like a middle-class family or, you know, even, or like lower class and just listen to your parents or grandparents mm-hmm. and not, mm-hmm. you know, not really have that, that understanding, but you know, that's, that's, that's cool. Yeah. I'd I think that's inc- really incredible too, that you're able to have that impact on people's lives and um, not a lot of people, have the desire to teach. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's really like a calling. It's a it's a passion. And not only do you have, you know, the the financial credibility, but you have the, the passion and desire in your heart to help people and to teach people. So to see, you know, what you're able to do in people's lives, that's incredible. And you'll continue to impact them, you know, for <laughs> the foreseeable yeah. future forever. So I I have the heart of a teacher and you know are you familiar with the love the five love, love languages? Mine is acts of service. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the way I show love to people and appreciation to people is doing solving a problem for them or doing. So Yeah. part of what I loved about nursing was I could mentor and teach new nurses. I could take by the way when you enter that career, it's you, you could kill someone by uh, you know uh, the, the flick of a wrist. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's very anxious, you know as a new nurse the, you're anxious, you're, you know, you've been trained a little bit and you get out into this real world. I love taking them under my wing and helping tamp down the anxiety to a level where they could learn mm-hmm. and watch them grow, give them. An, and so it's the same thing, right? It's the same thing. It's, I keep gravitating towards these things where I'm able to see somewhere where they are with my knowledge or, or experience, be able to take them from here to here because they want to. Mm-hmm. And that's a line is just another iteration of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm super happy that you're able to do that. Um, so I wanted to touch on something that obviously you've built a, a, an incredible story, an incredible story. Um, but uh, for people that are interested in, in working with you, and you mentioned it before, there are a lot of people that have different courses, different all over, know, all mm-hmm. over, all over. You know, why should people trust your knowledge and what you bring to the table? So a, a couple things, right? If, if you, if I make some content and I tell, you know, uh, my story about, Hey, here's one thing that we do to manage money mm-hmm. and you compare it to uh, a, a, a video on TikTok that gets hundreds of thousands of likes, views, whatever the difference is that ours is not sexy. Ours um. is you're going to have to make some hard decisions and divert dollars away from stuff. That's going to make you feel good now mm. to secure your future. Yeah. That isn't sexy. That's not fun to watch, but it's real. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, you know, we're going to get less play, less likes, less comments, whatever, than the video of the guy who has 100 rentals and makes $10,000. But, but that's not attainable for the normal person. No. Right. I can take someone who is a normal person in this world with a normal job and help them build wealth because I've done it. Mm-hmm. So, so apart from, you know, I'm answering your question in, in, with a couple things. Yeah. We have real advice that works for the majority of people, mm-hmm. okay? Not sexy, flashy, you know, sound bites. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it might be a, actually a harder sell to believe us because yeah. we don't net, you know, aren't getting the, the, the attention, the play that those videos or pe- influencers are. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's one thing. It's not sexy. So it is a harder sell. You know, when I say we have a three month mastery class, people are like, Oh, I don't have time for that. This and that. But, uh-huh. but w- as soon as people realize like, Hey, I need to change my life. They're in. Yeah. It works. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's one thing. Number two is when you're, when you're finding who to listen to checking validity is the most important thing. Of course. Right? I can say, do this, do this, do this. And, but if I'm, unless I'm doing it and I've had success doing it and I can show you a piece of paper where I've made this amount of money in this amount of time and prove mm. it to you, you should not listen to that person. Yeah. Okay. That's why, again, I lead with my story because I'm building validity and that I 
lived this. Mm-hmm. I started here. I am here. And here's the things that I did mm-hmm. to get there. Yeah. So I, we have validity. You know, I'm not afraid to share my story, my numbers. I'm completely transparent. Mm-hmm. And, and we give not sexy, real, uh, applicable advice for 90% of people. Yeah. I think that's really important because like you said, a, a lot of the a lot of the people that are posting sexy advertisements and doing things like that, nine times out of ten, the information that they provide, they're really just scratching the surface just to make a dollar. They're not really getting deep into the analysis of uh, you know different REITs and different stocks and and how to build different accounts and things like that that you're that you're talking about. They more just like, hey, this is how to analyze a multifamily deal, like very just scratching the surface and it really doesn't bring into account a lot of really important factors that you need to have whenever trying to put money to work in real estate because it is risky. 100%. And and unfortunately, those people give this sort of coaching um, industry a bad name. And so, you know, I'll comment on posts on Facebook saying, and I have have for stuff for free all the time. Mm. If you want to meet with us, we call it a free financial audit for 30 minutes. Go to our website. You can meet with us. I offer that to people all the time online. They're yeah. like, oh, nope, that's a scam. I'm like, it's be, it's because they've been burned. <laughs> it's because they've like, been burned. I don't, I don't necessarily blame them, but but I want to help people so, and it's just so genuinely my nature yeah. that that bothers me. Yeah, I don't know that I can overcome that, but that bothers me. And we will just continue to build credibility, validity in the market to where we're being, you know, we're attracting people organically. Well, that's what we do, right? Yeah, we don't, I sure. don't advertise I do stuff like this where I'm having conversations with people mm. in order if, if one person hears my message today and, and sparks a change in their life, this was worth my time. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, also this is, this is a passion project for us that we are laying the, the foundation for this platform to be our retirement job. You know, mm. I say retirement, you picture gray hair, gold watch, like fat belly midsection, <laughs> but that's not retirement anymore. No. And, and that is, that is our parents and our grandparents generation of they work 30 years at a company, they get a pension, they die a couple of years later. That's not what you know, retirement now is financial independence. It's a number Correct. that you can calculate. It's a passive income number. Mm. So we will be financially independent at age 40 or 41. We're projecting there. I'm 34. Now my wife's 35. We, so a line, this is the beginning of a line. Mm-hmm. We can only accommodate six to eight people every three months mm-hmm. to give good quality service and, and to actually still have lives yeah, <laughs> outside of exactly. our work, right? Because we still have full-time jobs. Uh-huh. But, you know, a line, this is a platform that we are beginning to, cha- to change the way people think about money. Mm-hmm. First in Jacksonville, then, you know, the, the country Beyond the world, beyond our country would be tough because rules are different. Different countries. I'm going to yeah. just stick with the U.S. Right. Uh, but you know, this is the beginning of what we will f- be able to focus more time and energy on once we're done working our traditional jobs. Yeah, and that's really authentic. You know what I mean? You're you're bringing true authenticity to your story, and you know, like you said, it may not bring everybody onto the ship, but the people that are there want to be there, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's I think that's really important. Um, one thing I wanted to, to ask you a little bit about, it's, a, you know, a little bit aside from, you know, coaching and things like that. Um, in an entrepreneurial journey, a lot of people don't talk about, you know, the, the behind the scenes, the building and the processes. You talk about all these processes that you have, you know, these, these systems that you have in mm-hmm. place. It takes a lot of time to, to build those systems. And before you even launch and start collecting revenue and bringing clients in, you've got to have a whole business model in mm-hmm. place. So I wanted to hear a little bit from you on, you know, what was, what was that like for you? And, and, and what were your processes and thoughts in, um, in how people can relate no matter what their business might be and how they can 
you know, come up with a really sound business model and implement it? So to me, having a sound business model is grounded in profitability. Mm-hmm. I think that if you build a system that is not scalable, first of all, and, and can maintain profitability at scale, it's broken from the start. Mm-hmm. So because profitability and, and, and dollars are such a concern on the front end for me, at least that's how I build it. Mm-hmm. I use my time to figure out what works, what doesn't. Yeah. So especially when I was a nurse, I was only working three days a week. I had plenty of time to, to sort of work through the systems and, and do the manual work before I chose to either hire it out or buy a tool or, or something, right, mm-hmm. Aut- to automate it. So, so that's one thing. So I, I, I think if you're an entrepreneur, you're, you're wanting to start a business listening to this, don't fall into the trap of all the shiny objects tools that you can buy to, to jumpstart your business. Yeah. I see it as when you hire someone or you bring on a tool, you're replacing yourself in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is a silly, simple uh, incidence uh, or uh, um, example of that, but Calendly, Calendly yeah. you know, a lot of people use Calendly, but when you get Calendly, the tool, you're replacing yourself in having to schedule appointments. But right. on the front end, I wanted to know how long it took and how to schedule with people. So I would just text with people, right? Mm-hmm. So then I figured out, okay, all I need to do is put out my availability and pay 10 bucks a month and I get that time back. That's worth it. So the return yeah. on investment of buying that tool and hiring myself out in that way is worth it. Yeah. So so to answer your question, you need to have your hand and analyze every part of the, the bringing someone into your business, okay? Do it manually when mm-hmm. you don't have a ton of customers. Then start picking pieces that you can either hire out or automate with tools, yeah. okay? And those sure. tools have to be scalable beyond the one, two, three customers you have right now. Okay? Exactly. And, it, it, and the cost can't scale beyond so that it, it hurts your profit or you don't become profitable, okay? Mm-hmm. Sort of a general answer, but really the takeaway is you have to understand every facet of the process, mm-hmm. bringing people in, their experience, and what you do after before you bring in any tools that you pay for. Yeah. I think real estate agents are, are, are people I'm going to pick on here is that they tend to be the ones that want to buy all the stuff. Right? Correct. Right. And I've coached plenty of real estate agents. Real estate agents have gone through our class. Yeah. And they, they have so many tools, things that they buy that don't give them a provable return on investment. Yeah. It goes with any business. You, mm-hmm. you, you are the business. You are, you are the business. You are working in the business and on the business. As you grow, you replace yourself so that ideally you get your time back to step away and it automates. It that automates. should be the goal of Correct. every business owner that you should not have to get up every day and work in your business. Right. Yes. Okay. You have a job, not a business, or you're not an entrepreneur. You are an employee of your own business at that mm-hmm. point. Exactly. So, and, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with that because every good business started that way. Yeah. Exactly. Like, sure. you know, our, our, our rentals, we have automated a lot of it, right? Mm-hmm. I have a form email that I send to a new tenant when they come in that says, here's your trash day. Um, repairs below $250, call this person um, from 250 to 500. Um, oh, by the way, t- below 250, you're responsible for it. 250 to 500, call the handyman. He will do it on his own without even calling me. Above 500, the handyman will call me and say, hey, or text me and just say, hey, here's the thing. Yes or no. Need and I, I, yeah. I hit yes. Mm-hmm. And and so I'm not getting called for a clogged toilet in the middle of the night. Right. Right? You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Yeah. So again, that's a system that I put around. But but on the front end, I was the one fielding all those calls. And then I yeah. found an opportunity to automate it, which and it's a Google email. It's free. Yeah. But it's just an example. So the, the takeaway is understand every facet of the business, become an expert at it so you know what to, you can expect or you can inspect what you expect from the tools that you then hire yourself out and step away. Yeah. I think that's great advice. I think that's great advice. I think, uh, you know, people should really listen and key in on, hey, I need to 
learn from not necessarily mistakes, but situations, right? Right. Like you said, like you have tenants calling you in the middle of the night or whatever the situation might be in their business. Like, Hey, how can I turn that into a system or an automation or Mm -hmm. something where it's taken care of without me having to sit there and field every call or whatever the case might be. And I think that's how you grow and scale and responsibly place yourself. Yeah. You have more time to do like the important stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Another thing is slow and controlled growth too. I think a lot of people have this like get rich quick mentality where it's like, I'm going to do, like you said, just buy everything, put everything in as fast as I can and just take it to the moon. And it's like, okay, you can only handle so much so quickly, but also at the same time, you don't want to be so rigid where you're not doing anything. So Mm -hmm. I feel like that's two things that kill a company is not enough growth and too much growth. You have to have that kind of controlled balance. balance. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm right in between massive action, get everything done Uh and done is better than perfect. (laughs) So I'm squarely in the middle of that. Probably lean towards massive action, but, but to your point, like the, the rigidity of having this paralysis of like, Oh my gosh, it has to be perfect the first time. That's not going to serve you well. Exactly. And being a loose cannon, you know, what is it? Shoot, aim, fire. Yeah, shoot, aim, fire, Uh fire, aim, shoot, whatever it is. Um, that's not going to serve you well because it, yeah. it doesn't build credibility with your customers and in the market because yeah, exactly. you're seen as a loose cannon that is wishy-washy. So you, you have to be self-aware and be in between those two extremes for sure. Yeah, exactly. And something that I've learned as a business owner as well is you do have to test different avenues and in, in, in different marketing strategies and different mm-hmm. things to, to, to see what works. Don't test too much too quickly because you'll get overloaded. But at the same time, once you find something that works, stick with it and grow that piece because I feel like a lot of people, um, they, they switch their, their avenues because they think they hear about this new technique or they, they hear about this, this new strategy and, and they're always, you know, starting TikTok or something. And they're they're always switching their business pace. And and it's like, you can't, you can't see real growth. If you're always changing how you operate your business, you should be nimble so that you can change so that you don't fall back with the times. Mm -hmm. But at the same times as you're trying different strategies and then you find what works, like you said, find the automations and find the scalability of what works and grow that and stick with it. Cause that's, what's going to end up working in the long term. For sure. And I'm living proof that that's, that works. Uh, and I've, I've pivoted plenty of times and trust me when I lay my head on my pillow at night, I'm thinking like, Oh, I said I was going to do this thing. Now I'm doing this thing. Uh-huh. There's this sort of like imposter syndrome that, that rises up in me a little bit, but that's part of the, that's part of the journey, right? Yeah. For sure. I, I, when I was doing your money matters, these terrible videos, I was saying everything with my chest and mm. with, with <laughs> conviction. Right. And I still believe it. However, I pivoted, pivoted to, to make something that would help more people that would be profitable and this is an entrepreneurial podcast, so this yeah. is geared towards people who want to start, maintain, and grow businesses and exactly. hopefully exit one day. But if you're listening to this and you're, you're, you're thinking like, I don't have a business idea, whatever, you know, I'm also living proof that you can be an intrapreneur and get a regular job, mm-hmm. right? Figure out how to maximize your income your active income and make it into passive income. Yeah. You're an entrepreneur. You, you run your family like a CEO or a CFO. Mm-hmm. You're still entrepreneurial in a way where you're taking advantage of opportunities like buying yeah. REITs or like investing in things that give you passive income. You don't have to start your own business. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, like understanding how to manage your resources to maximize return on investment. My argument would be that's entrepreneurial. Of course. And it doesn't, you don't have to start this, you know, crazy business in order to be entrepreneurial. The normal exactly. person with a nine to five who, who, manages their money expertly and creates passive income, that's entrepreneurship. 100%. I agree. And yeah, like you said, you don't have to 
You don't have to do some crazy startup uh, to be uh, a showboat entrepreneur. You can find side hustles. I think side hustles are very important. Yeah. It's a way to increase your active income so that you can buy things that go up in value and give you passive income. Absolutely. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. And, and again, back to the sexy versus non-sexy thing. That's not the sexy thing, right? Yeah. right. The guy working a nine to five that saves 10% of his income and reads and you know builds his passive income every month ain't super sexy. The guy that starts the business and is you know making all these videos, that's sexy. So that's going to get the attention. Whereas the guy that's, that's, that's acting like the CEO of his own family and building passive income, it's not going to get the attention, but that's... The, the, the more applicable and wider truth in the country than mm -hmm. starting these fancy businesses. And if you're putting those systems in place where you're getting this, this income that's passive, that can stay in place. If you put the systems in place correctly, that can stay in place for your children, your grandchildren and teaching them so they can scale your passive income streams even further. That, that is the true key pathway to generational wealth is through systems like that and keeping them in place for your family. Well, talk about a journey up. I yeah, mean, exactly. I, you know, like circling back to the beginning of the episode, uh, we, you know, I started with this card stacked against me. Mm. My, my kids and the generations that come after me will never know the struggle that I have experienced in my life from age zero to 34. Right? Yeah. So the, my message to people is that, you know, you're not a product of your past. Mm -hmm. You're a product of your current and future decisions, mm -hmm. right? Period. Period. And I'm living proof that you can change your family tree forever with a series of good decisions over time. Yeah. That's it. And, you know, generational wealth to me, creating a legacy, that is what I, that's what I lay awake at night thinking about is how do I take what I've done, this ascent, this journey up, again, I love the name, and, and make it sustainable so that I'm dead for 100, 150, 200 years, and people still know my name. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because people are still benefiting from the sacrifices and decisions that I made from the year 1989 to whenever I am not alive anymore. Yeah. Right, you know? So that's, huge. that's an incredible story, and we've gone all the way through. Um, we've got a lot going on in the market right now. And you started at the beginning of 2023, which was not um, – the best year uh, financially um, for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, how did you see that impact some of the people that you've been coaching? Would you say that you've had to, you know, decrease budgets and things of that nature? How did the economy, you know, change how you were interacting with clients? And then how do you see it progressing moving forward? Because the Fed has announced that they have three potential rate decreases happening you know, what are you going to, you know, tell your clients and what kind of pivots are you thinking about making for 2024? Yeah. And this is a whole other hour episode on it uh, uh, by itself. But so <laughs> just to quickly set the stage, you know, June of 2022, inflation was 9.1%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which means from 2021 to 2022, the cost to, uh, to live went up 9.1%. Okay. Right. So then from June of 2022 to June of 2023, inflation was 3%. So people are like, oh, well, inflation is going down. No, it's just getting worse slower. Mm -hmm. So, it, and that stacks. So, yeah. prices went up 9% in 2022. Prices went up another 3% in 2023. Mm -hmm. So, over a two year period, your dollar lost 12% of its value. Correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so the middle class is getting crushed. crushed. They're getting absolutely crushed because wages have not kept up with this cost of living increase. Yes. And we can argue there's some, there's some ironclad reasons why inflation happened. You know, we can, again, talk about that another time, but it's here. Yeah. Okay. So, so the reality is people's savings is the lowest in 
recent history. Uh-huh. The 401k hardship withdrawals are at an all-time high, meaning people are borrowing on their 401ks to pay for their life. Mm-hmm. Consumer the, debt. Mm-hmm. Con, well, credit card debt hit $1 trillion in the quarter three of 2023 for the first time ever. It's yep. now currently $1.3 trillion. So we're up 30% in just a few months on yeah. credit card debt, which, by the way, is at the highest percentage APR because of interest rates being high. Yep. So people are getting hit everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so so the interesting thing is consumer spending and consumer confidence is still at a consistently high amount. Yeah. So that mismatch between people outspending their means is going to come to a crash sooner or later. And it happened for a lot of people in 2023. Yeah. Okay? Um, so people were taking out HELOCs Mm -hmm. to pay off their credit cards, which mathematically makes sense, but risk absolutely does not. You're borrowing 10% to pay off 30%. Mathematically, hey, we we did something. Mm -hmm. But what happens when you don't pay your credit card? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You get angry calls from some guy at a collection center. What happens when you don't pay your HELOC? Your house is gone. You lose your freaking house. house Okay. So so this is not a safe way to continue personal finance. Okay. Mm -hmm. So again, to set the stage, middle class is getting crunched. Okay. And Warren Buffett famously said, when the economic tide is high, you know, everyone looks good, everyone's floating, everyone's looking like a genius. Yeah. When the, when the tide goes out, you see who was swimming see without any underwear exactly. on. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of people without underwear in the end of 2023. <laughs> okay. So unfortunately, so our, our class is built to prepare people for any economic situation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, halfway through, three-fourths three of the way through 2023, when people realize, like, yo, my bank account's lower than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. I feel the crunch. I'm staying awake at night worrying about money. That helps people come to us, which, yeah. you know, we don't love that that's the situation, but it's just reality, yeah. right? And by the way, we're there to help. Mm-hmm. So so my message to someone who got crunched and just destroyed by 2023 is let's learn from that mistake, okay? Sure. Number one, you have to have savings, okay? You have to have, again, the not sexy thing, Right. You have to have at least $1,000 in a high-yield savings because when life happens, you're going to have to slide your credit card, okay, yep. period. Get that done. You've got $1,000 in a high-yield savings, boom, you're, you're good. I want you to focus all of your um, efforts on paying off debt. Mm-hmm. And when I say debt, I mean consumer debt. So I'm talking cars, credit cards, not mortgages. Yeah. I'm talking HELOCs, anything with a, a variable rate, interest rate, or something that is consumer-oriented like credit cards, cars, okay? Mm-hmm. Typically, we finance depreciating assets uh, with those types of debt, which is why we separate good bet, good debt and bad debt. Good debt is houses, mm-hmm. 0% financing on appliances and stuff. If you yeah. apply that money to investments, bad debt is anything consumer. Mm-hmm. The difference is these things go up in value typically. These things don't. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you wanna, you're putting your money towards things that go down in value, and then you have to pay interest on it. That's a double whammy. It's just mm-hmm. it's got what we call financial gravity. Yeah. So... Um, Pay off all your consumer debt. Once you do, get three to six months of expenses, not revenue, expenses mm-hmm. in a savings account. And if you're a business owner, I want you to do this for personal and for business. Mm-hmm. I want you to have a high-yield savings for your business that is three to six months of operating expenses. And then for personal, I want you to have three to six months of personal expenses and high-yield savings. So you might be asking, like, that's actually going to take a while. It might take you two, three years. I don't care. Yeah. 2023 is going to happen again, and you mm-hmm. will be glad you did that exactly. when – you know, for some reason you get hurt and you can't run your business as a real estate agent, or mm. you're just, you're just a normal nine to fiver and you lose your job, you know, whatever economic things happen where you have hardship, you're going to be glad you have six months that you can pay your bills and not have to make any money. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, once you're there, the risks by all investments carry risk. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
there's varying amounts of risk that you varying take. Levels of okay? risk. Yeah. So to say someone to say to someone this is a risk-free investment is a lie. That does yeah. not exist. Okay. There's some inherent risk with all investing. Okay. So, but when you have uh, no debt, consumer-wise, you have three six months of expenses in business and personal. If you have a business, you are able to take more responsibility those risks to chase that higher return, without having to worry about paying your bills. Yeah. Okay. Once you are at this point, you're going to sleep better. Your food is going to taste better. Your relationships are going to be better. Your marriage is going to be better. Your friends are going to think like, yo, what happened to him? Like, you're just going to be at peace, okay? And if that economic tide goes out, you're going to be better suited to take advantage because that's when people who in down markets, people who are prepared for them make the most money. For sure. Okay. So the best thing that could happen for me is a horrible stock market and housing crash Mm -hmm. because I could make millions of dollars from that. But it's (laughs) horrible. opportunity. Yes. It's it's horrible for 90 plus percent of the United States because they don't know how to play economic Mm -hmm. defense with their personal finances. And that's what we are all about, setting that, that, that bedrock before we advise anyone to take any sort of risk with investing. Yeah, exactly. And that's important because, like you said, not a lot of people realize, but the economic downturn is when you make the most money mm-hmm. on the upturn because that's when you need to be buying. Whenever properties are selling at way lower prices because of 8 9% interests, then whenever the interest rates turn the other way, the equity goes to the roof. So that's what not a lot of people understand, but it's, it's a really important thing to have dry powder to build up that, that savings, build up what, you know, your, your equity and, and things so that if you want to make investments, for example, you know, target stock this past year took an absolute wham. I, I mm-hmm. put some money into that mm-hmm. and was up big time. And, um, as well as plenty of other, uh, you know, examples of, mm-hmm. of things like that. Uh, you have to have some dry powder if you want to make some solid investments cause you make money on the buy. Um, so, uh, Whenever what about, so, yeah, on, whenever sorry. 2020 happened, whenever COVID happened, did you unleash the, the vaults on it and buy as much stock as possible? I was focused when every extra dollar I had went towards buying houses. Yeah, you were buying houses. Sorry. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. That's when I started buying houses. So I was working you know, as a nurse and, and recruiting for Momentum, right, right. building that. Every dollar I had was going to buying houses. Right, and I right. definitely don't regret that. No, my, for sure. My biggest financial mistake I ever made was when I bought my first house in 2017. And I was still very locked into that scarcity, like white knuckle mindset. This yeah. was, I was, I think, 21. 425 I put $90,000 down on my first house. <laughs> Why? You d- because you d- because I was I was Mr. Dave Ramsey. I was like, I don't want any debt. I don't want a mortgage. So I'm like I saved up all this money through investing and just managing money well. Put 90 grand on my first house. This is 2017. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Had I bought four houses with that, I would have one or two more million dollars yeah. in yeah. net worth. You didn't. That's my big that's my biggest financial mistake, but that's that's the, the takeaway of you can be too safe also. Mm, for you sure. can be too safe. And, you know, so my, my message, again, to people is get to a point where you can take calculated risks, but you also have to know how to do it. Mm. Yeah. And to your point, not everyone knows to watch target stock. And, and so that's where we come in is to educate people to get to that, that bedrock to where you're safe to make risks. Mm-hmm. You, you, you've taken care of your, your, your debt, whatever, you're ready. And then we educate people on how to take advantage of the market because the majority of people don't know yeah. just because it's not taught and it's just the reality. They don't mm-hmm. know how to take advantage of a 2020 or a target stock downturn. They just don't know. And that's, yeah. where, that's where we come in. For sure. So what about 2024? What, what are your expectations and, and what's your game plan? So a couple things. Mortgage, right? Um, the 10-year treasury hit 5% briefly, came down. Mortgages were at 8% briefly, they came down. Fed announced three to four rate cuts in 2024. Mm-hmm. Mortgage rates, 10-year treasury dropped a point and a half. 
those the, the the rate cuts for 2024 are already baked into the 10-year treasury. Yeah. Okay. So if the if the Fed gives no forward guidance and just does what it says, mortgage rates will be six six eight to to you know six seven five for the the whole year. That okay? sounds about right. That's my prediction. <laughs> what I am predicting though is that the the rate cuts won't happen in the time that they will because if you look, unemployment's staying the same, mm-hmm. but I don't trust the numbers because. Yeah. It, what are they really reporting? And actually, when right. the government reports the unemployment numbers, they always edit it the month after. So if you go look back at revisions and in, in un, uh, the unemployment number, it's act, they change it a month later. Why do you think they do that? So uh, are you familiar with John Mayer? Yeah. The song Waiting on the World to Change? Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a line in there that said, when they own the information, they can bend it all they want. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I'm not trying to put my, my tinfoil hat on here and be a conspiracy theorist, but I'm just, I look at the numbers, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Unemployment is at 3.7% still, mm-hmm. although after they report it, they change it every time. So that's we're not seeing the real number. That's one of the things that the Fed is making their decisions off of. Mm. Consumer spending. We blew out Black Friday yeah. in 2023. It was the highest ever. Okay, People were using, using buy now, pay later to finance their TVs, purses, clothes. Like phantom debt, right? That's what they call it. They call it phantom debt because it's not reported to credit. Right. 42% of buy now, pay later loans have missed at least one payment since Mm -hmm. then. (laughs) So the consumers tapped out, but they're still spending at record levels. Okay. So, but I don't anticipate that that's going to come to a head. I think that we're going to keep kicking the ball down the field in both national and personal debt. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the the current administration is paying off people's student loans. So that's a way to sort of give people, you know, a little reprieve when the consumers tapped out. For sure. My, my, you know, if you look back to headlines at the beginning of 2023, everyone was calling for a crash. Everyone was calling for a crash. But what happened? The S&P 500 was up 26%. Yep. But why? Big tech companies laid off tens of thousands of people. Okay. What happens when Amazon lays off 15,000 people? The stock pops. Yep. Because what happens when you fire people? Salaries go down. go down. EPS goes up. And boom, the stock price pops. Exactly. It's artificial. And by the way, seven stocks ruled the S&P 500 in Mm -hmm. 2023. So- there's a lot of fake success happening. There's a lot of easy money that, that is has not quite run out yet, but we're mm-hmm. headed there. So my mm-hmm. prediction for 2024 is I think that we will have the three rate cuts. Mm-hmm. I think that they're, the, the, the guidance that Jerome Powell will have, though, is not going to be as dovish as it has been as for a soft. I think we will maintain these little cuts. I think it's going to be 25, 25, 25. Yep, 25 basis points. I don't think the, it's going to be more than that. Exactly. For this whole year, we're going to end the year around 6, 6, 6, 7, 5 mortgage rates. I think the stock market will return 15% plus when I'm, I'm referring to the S&P 500. Mm. Um, I, I think it's, you know, I, I put out this post a couple months ago and I got so much crap for it on Facebook. I said, today is the best day to be, to start investing. I got, I mean, comments like, how do you know this and that? What you're basing it off the fed. The point is you got to just start. start. You yeah. got to start. Okay. If, if you, if you trusted the headlines and mm-hmm. thought, Oh, we're going to have a crash. Well, uh, chicken little, the sky's falling in 2023. Guess what? You missed out on 26% of return on the S and P 500. Mm-hmm. Don't you look silly? Start. Yeah. The best thing that can happen for a 20 something, a 30 something, even a 40 something. They start investing now is for the market to decrease a little bit. Guess what? You're buying at Buy a freaking discount. Buy more. Exactly. That's what a lot of people I think don't understand is they, they buy a stock and then it goes down and they're like, Oh man, it's just going to keep going down. I'm going to sell out of it. Yep. No, I'm double more. down. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it goes against your fear. Like people act on fear. It goes against that, that biological mm-hmm. uh, impulse that we have. Fear and greed run the market. Right. Mm-hmm. So people see them losing money. They think, oh, oh let me, let me, uh, you know, not lose more. Right. And it's, it's the counterintuitive to what you should do. Exactly. So that's, that's the market at large, the housing market in general, by the way, we just hit the 
um, the highest number of active listings in the market nationally, yep. nationally since, um, what was it, pre-2020, I think. Yes. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, and so the s- sellers are starting to list their homes because they have to, because they have to tap their equity because, again, they're tapped out. Mm-hmm. Okay? Where they're going to go, I don't know. But, you know, the golden handcuffs are starting to come off with, you know, 90% of mortgages below 6%, 60% below 4 Those mm-hmm. Those sellers are starting to move mm-hmm. when they see the rates coming down. So my, my prediction for Jacksonville real estate is that prices will stagnate or slightly dip in 2024, even with lower rates. Because mm-hmm. I, I believe that seller demand is being under-discussed in the market. Yeah, Everyone's sure. talking about, oh, my buyers are on the, the sidelines. They don't want to buy because the mortgage, the mortgage rates are high. I think that's true. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's false in any way. But I do think that you know, housing prices are based on what? Supply and demand. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what prices do in Jacksonville and North Florida in general are based on do, do sellers outpace buyers or yeah. vice versa? That's all that it's based on. Pretty much. Right. Yeah. So, so if, if we all, all of a sudden, which are, is already happening nationally, have this influx of listings and we have buyers that maintain the same rate increase a little bit, we may not have prices go up. Yeah. Everyone's calling for like, oh, we're going to be back to multiple offers, blah, blah, blah. This could change if we have a population influx to Florida, which we you know tend to have people coming in. But yeah. again, it's all supply and demand. My prediction is that we will be within three to 5% of home values as they currently sit in January of 2024. And I would love to revisit that and see how close I am. But yeah, um, I'm not seeing, sounds good. I don't see a crash. I don't see a boom happening. This is going to be the year of the stock market will increase. The housing market in Jacksonville, Florida, you know, we're hyper local, will be within 5% of its current uh, price. Awesome. Well, I think um, you definitely are worth your weight in gold, Mr. Breedlove. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was, wow. You know, well, you, that's quite a statement. You, wow. You know what you're talking about? You've got some, you got. The, the knowledge, the data, the research. And um, I think uh, I think if it was me on the on the other side of needing some financial advice, I would definitely give you a call. Yeah. <laughs> I got a question though for someone that is listening, what would be like three stocks that you would buy right now today? Ooh. I, so I'm not a big fan of buying individual stocks. Okay. I, I think for the normal person, for me to understand um, you know, all the earnings calls and the revenue, the the cost, the outlook for Apple. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's re- realistic or reliable for me to ask someone to take on that risk. Yeah. If someone is interested in investing in technology because they think that's the future, which it obvi- obviously is, there's VG Vanguard uh, mm-hmm. uh, technology yep. ETF is a great thing to buy. Yeah. It's heavily weighted towards Apple and so is the S&P 500. Mm-hmm. But my suggestion would be that. ETFs? ETFs are, are the way to go. For sure. ETFs, you know, it, for if you're listening and you don't know what an ETF is, uh, a mutual fund is a basket of stocks. It has, you know, mm-hmm. a couple hundred to a couple thousand stocks inside of it. You're buying mm-hmm. the whole basket. Right. ETF is the same way. Diversifies it for you. Huh? Exactly. It's self-diversified. Um, but you can buy different different chunks of the market. You can buy a technology ETF. You can buy a consumer defensive ETF. You can mm-hmm. buy a consumer cyclical ETF. So you can choose where you want to go. But I don't even think that's 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 what the normal person should should, should be. As much as I want to answer your question, um, but what what I'm doing is if you are if you are focused on building passive income today, as in I invest in this thing, I'm getting a paycheck in two weeks. You need to look at three types of companies: mm-hmm. REITs, mm-hmm. business development companies, and um, they're they're called like closed ended funds or option trading funds where. Essentially, a group of people get together, they buy the S&P 500 as a backstop, and then they use shareholder money to trade options inside the fund and then pay out monthly um, on, on the fund. So those are three types of companies that you could look into. 
that are very easy to find. You can Google. There's tons of information out there about these three companies. So BDCs, business development companies, REITs, real estate investment trusts, and closed end option traded funds. Three that I would, if you are, you know, looking to invest a thousand bucks and want to create passive income now, do that. I actually haven't looked at a closed ended option traded fund. I haven't before. either. I, that, I that's haven't one either. I haven't yeah. looked at before. That sounds yeah. very interesting. I might, do, I might go look at. I do after some research and I can get back to you on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, like that. Um, we've covered a whole lot of stuff today, and I am super grateful to have had the opportunity to have you on the show, dude. It's yeah. been. Awesome. I can't wait to be back. Yeah, thanks, thanks <laughs> we'll so much. On, Let's cool. do it. Let's do it. We're, we're going to have you back on at the end of 2024. And we'll we're play see. a clip and be like, oh, yeah. Bruce was so wrong. <laughs> do not listen to him. Yeah, Validity exactly. gone. <laughs> so um, obviously, I'm sure we have plenty of people watching the show right now that are like, dang, I got to get in touch with Bruce. Sure. Um, how do they get in touch with Bruce? And so, again, we are Align Money Mastery. You can go to alignmoneymastery.com. Look at our website. Read about us. You can schedule a free 30-minute financial audit, as we call it, where you can come on Zoom with us. It's it's completely remote. Um, we keep everything private. You can talk about your current financial situation. We will tell you how we can help. Okay. Mm-hmm. We want everyone to join our class because we can help everyone. doesn't matter how much you make. Um, we can absolutely help everyone. Um, and... You know, if you want to find me on social, uh, Instagram, that real Bruce Lee, the real Bruce Lee was taken, which I'm still annoyed about. Um, <laughs> we have Align Money Mastery on Instagram. Follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook. I'm very active on there. I just like to share information. Uh, also, yeah. I have a TikTok now. Okay. I, had a, I had a video go semi-viral where I was talking about Roth IRAs versus 401ks. I got so much hate for that. Just like defining what they are, dude. It's, it's, it's fun. I'm having fun. Just making some content, educating people. And, yeah. and, and honestly, if you want to just win with money, just work with us. Just talk yeah. to us. You will learn something and you will benefit. I, I promise. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, uh, if you guys are interested in um, furthering your investment education and, you know, taking that next step and getting in touch with Bruce, absolutely reach out to him and, and work with the line. I think you guys will not be sorry that you did so. And uh, as always, uh, as well, if you guys are interested in buying or selling any real estate or uh, in, interested in our investments as a REIT, uh, Shout out to me and Brylan. Give us a call as well. Um, We're here for you guys with any questions. And uh, thanks so much for tuning in. And we'll see you on the next one. 